Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is Reign of Terror, and it was developed by Mark Morrison and is available on the Chaosium website. Our maitre de jeu is Mix One, and this is episode two. Our recap will be given by Luke Strom uh, as his character, Etienne Babon. So, without further delay, commence notre voyage dans les ténèbres. Luke? Merde. Quelle nuit. Guard duty. It is not such a bad thing. Uh, we are always meeting new people, uh, and it's much better than sitting in a camp drilling for a war that may never come. Uh, of course, this night is the typical guard duty. Guarding the catacombs of the dead is quite an experience, I can tell you. Rather unpleasant, but not so bad. I can assure you it's much better to guard the dead than to make the dead. And uh, tonight's duty, it has been increasingly interesting. That is to say, troublesome. First, the flashy white carriage of a noble crushes a worker in the road beside the catacombs. The driver smiles out at us with no regard. The workers, un unhappy to begin with, they uh, are now totally driven to disarray. Between that and the ghost stories in the catacombs, the work, it slows to a total halt. The king's physician, he yells at us and we yell at the workers and life, it proceeds apace until we are ordered to leave our guard duty and try our hands at solving a crime like gendarmes. Even in the dead of night, the city itself is full of discontent. So we make our way to the printer's workshop. There's a broken door, uh, a crying woman, a, a crowd of onlookers, and a scene of utter horror within. In my 39 years on this earth, I have not seen its like. A dog with its head twisted off, the printer and his entire family all strung up and bled out like uh, pigs. And if that were not enough, <laughs> the blood of a boy was used in the pinching press. Uh, third estate flyers stamped over in a bloody rebuke. And it said, uh, know your place. Whoever did this, they do not need to tell me twice. But uh, outside, the only clues, an aristocrat of a disturbing demeanor with piercing eyes, a white carriage, perhaps the one we saw before, an unconscious woman within, and left behind on the ground, uh, a lady's handkerchief, monogrammed with M.A. Quite a mystery, and Miss Compagnons have been tasked to solve it. Thank you very much. Um, going to start just as uh, Sergeant Renault is returning into the, uh, the print shop and uh, we will start with Dupois. Could you make a listen roll for me please? Oui. Ah, uh, 20. Uh, that is... Uh, a pass. Better than half. 
at almost exactly the moment that the sergeant arrives and the door squeaks, you hear a not dissimilar squeaking from under one of the cabinets. Mon Dieu, what is under here? Um, I, I walk over to it and I say, is it a mouse? Is it a, a cat? Show? And uh, are the cabinets have doors on them, like cupboards? The, the, the cabinets have doors on them, and there's a gap about eight inches high underneath the, okay. the cabinets. So the sound seems to be coming from beneath rather than within. All right. I assume we have guns, like rifles with bayonets. Yes. Okay. Well, I sort of kneel down with my hand on my bayonet. I mean, it's it's you know upright, but I reach over there and I pull open the cabinet and I look inside. Okay. As you open the cabinet, the cabinet itself is just full of paper and um, a few. Um, well, we, what you assume is paper. It's it's bundled up in brown paper packets tied right. with string, but. Um, as you're doing that, um, something emerges from underneath the uh, the cabinet. Merda. And it's uh, it's a little white puppy with um, one black ear, and the the puppy immediately runs out towards you and starts um, jumping up on your knee. And uh, and sniffing you. It probably scares me a little when it first pops out, so I fall back onto my ass, and uh, I'm like, "Merda! Oh, it is a chien, a dog." Oh, the the, the puppy takes your falling backwards as being a, a definite sign of of playfulness, and um, sort of climbs up on your chest and uh, starts licking your face. And I'm like, oh, I, I, it's a tiny little puppy. Well, I, I try to gain my composure, but I'm, I'm, I'm cradling the dog. Mm. Dupont, did you find our villain over there? No, but I found a survivor. I'm afraid his uh, mother is uh, incapacitated. But uh, this may be a, one of her puppies. There may be more. So I, I stand back up and straighten my uniform out. And, and I see that. You have an adopted child as well. Oh, oh nice. you know, you have gained yourself a pet, my friend. I give the pet to Babon. I'm sure your cheery attitude will uh, be perfectly matched by this small little bundle of joy. I already have a son, but... Monsieur Jean, we have found a new member of our squad. I kind of sneer at that. Um, is, uh, is Michelle here with us? Michelle? Um, Michelle. Oh, you are? I believe he was following you in, yes. All right. Um, I uh, kind of look to him and say, would you like to tell the others what, uh, you, what I gathered from outside? Well, since you gathered it, you should tell them. I 
Uh, I stand uh, tall and I say, uh, it seems as if the carriage that was seen, uh, it seems that the carriage that was seen at the graveyard uh, was here. Uh, according to the woman outside, um, there was a man inside. Uh, and uh, I believe that uh, she believes he is the culprit. Now, this is all coming from the hysterics of, of a woman who we know nothing about, but uh, we did find a handkerchief, and I point to uh, Michelle, and, I, and uh, I say, this could provide us a lead, and it was my intention to reprimand the carriage boy anyways for stalling our work. Um, Dupois, what do you think? Well, it wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if an aristocrat of some sort came here and uh, took matters into his own hand. Not, these are obviously people who are gunning for some sort of a revolution. They are on the side of the people, so the aristocrats will have the most to lose. Um, it says, know your place, my mon mon. I look to the other three and I say, uh, have we found anything else uh, here? Is there any other corner that we can look through in the house? Well, as a matter of fact, now that you've um, found the bodies... We haven't gone upstairs at all. Is um, there an upstairs? upstairs? I, I think we've only been in like the shop area. Upstairs is is, is the, uh, the the landlady's um, oh. apartment. Um, so the coach had stopped out here. The handkerchief was found. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Madame Ossat was um, questioned roughly here, and uh, these are the, the steps that lead up to her apartment are separate from the shop. They're not not a part of the shop. Um, <clears throat> so you came in through the, the back door, headless dog is here, um, there are several other rooms, um, right. it, was, it was under one of these um, cabinets here that the puppy emerged. Um, Mick... I'm going to do a massive sneeze in a minute. Okay, bless you, it'll stop the sneeze. Um... Mick, uh, is it common for families to kind of, because uh, I'm not seeing like bedrooms or anything like that, uh, is it safe to assume that they lived here or they live somewhere else? Um, you don't know? Don't know. All right. Um, well, I obviously did, they did not stay on this level. So. Well, clearly the threat has uh, left. Uh, we should... Uh, check both the office and the storeroom. Um, I'll be heading to the storeroom if anyone would like to join me. I will come with you. Why not? I'm the, I immediately make my way over there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not waiting for, for people um, that... Well, so. I, I, I run forward to open the door for you. Uh, and I kind of give a, a slight bow as I, you know, uh, adjust myself and head inside. 
Um, what do I see, Mick, in the storeroom? Um, well, in contrast to the, the, the disarray um, outside, the storeroom is actually very neat, very tidy. There's a, a table with four chairs, um, which looks like it might be where the, uh, the, the family took their, their meals when they were working. Um, there's uh, another large table and uh, a variety of um, shelves and um, lots of stacks of paper. Been quite a lot of stacks of um, uh, pamphlets. Okay. So, and these are all printed. These are ready to be. They're shown. all printed. Some some of them are the third estate pamphlets. Others are just commercial pamphlets, standard commercial pamphlets. Um. Okay. Um. I then say out loud, um, it's possible that uh, the Ramon family uh, weren't a part of the revolution or the third estate or any of that. They possibly were just paid to print the pamphlets. Oh, monsieur. If you are printing the pamphlets, you are part of the revolution. Yeah, they'd be risking their, their very lives. To, and the to, lives of our family. For money, that would not happen. Uh, I kind of uh, chuckle at that, at the, at the money uh, part, but I, I pick up a, a pamphlet and I put it down. Um, nothing else. In, I'm going to go over to the shelves. What am I seeing on the shelves? Um, a variety of inks, cleaning products. Okay. Nothing special over here. There's a, but... a, a, a couple of jars with... Um, Odds and ends in. Okay. Worn, worn typeset. Um, as I'm looking through this, I, I shout, perhaps some of you should check the office. Uh, if they, uh, if, they were taking, if they were taking money from someone or if they had some connection to uh, the revolutionaries, perhaps it's in the office rather than the storeroom. Babong, I'll go with you, Babong. Yes. Come on, Pressy. We and uh, our little prince here will uh, see what we can find. I will head over to the office also. I'll follow as well. Uh, the office, such as it is, um, is, is rather disappointing. There's, uh, there are some cabinets, much like the ones in the print room. That are on two of the walls, and there are two desks, two chairs, and that's largely it. Um, it looks like, from the look of it, one of the desks um, there's a, a ledger out. Someone was in the process of doing the accounts, perhaps. I'll take a look at that ledger. I'll take a look in the drawers, open the drawers under the desk, maybe under the um, drawer itself. Oh, give me a spot hidden roll. Thirty-four. Um, um, I made it. Thirty-four out of seventy. Sorry. There's, there's, there's nothing much of any interest there at all. Okay. <laughs> 
Did you want me to roll also, Mick? Um, have you got anything approaching um, an accounting skill? No, I'm just looking for names of where money's coming from. Um, there's there's a variety of of, uh, of small businessmen. Um, nothing seems out of place. There are no large sums of money. Uh, most of the names, uh, as far as you can see, are, are business names. Nothing um, stands out as, as being in any way uh, unusual about it. Uh, I'll pick it up, though, and take it back to Sergeant and say, Sergeant Rono, uh, you, you might be able to find out where some money was coming from. Maybe whoever was paying to have the work done. Uh, I can't make heads or tails of it, though. Other than the books, not much in the office. Uh, I am not good with numbers at all. Um, if, uh, if, if I take it and I begin looking through it, does anything come to me at all? Um, nothing at all, really. It looks, it looks quite nondescript. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to clasp it shut. Um, Mick, the captain said he'd be returning to us at some point, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, then I tell the, uh, the others, uh, we'll pass this on to uh, the captain. Perhaps he can provide us um, with some information on the people within uh, the document. Uh, anything else within the office? I did not see anything. No puppies? He wasn't kidding when he said he had a sneeze. Yeah. He like Mick Mick, would you move your your cursor off the picture for just one second? Yes. There we go. <coughs> All right. Don't die. Oh, I think I just sneezed a lung out. <laughs> um All right. well, well I mean, you, you can you can all give me spot hidden rolls. Okay. Twenty-three, yes. Oh. Forty-four, I got it. Definitely Seven. no. A hard success. Okay, well, I think I think we have uh, from that there there are there's enough success there to uh, to ascertain that there is nothing more of interest. Okay. In the building. I think, Monsieur, they were simply doing something that an aristocrat did not like. I do not know what we can do about it. Uh, is there any way for us to um, discover the identity of this uh, aristocrat other than his carriage color? No, carriage color, it could be anybody. But we do think we saw him, monsieur. Yes, but... I'm sorry, I keep calling you monsieur. I should be calling you Monsergeant. Yes, but uh, what are we going to do? Round up all the aristocrats? No, no we can't round up. <laughs> we if, could round up one could, aristocrat. If we could identify the exact aristocrat that did this, we still couldn't do a damn thing. Exact. Well, they're above uh, us. At the very least, we should uh, speak with him. No. That is a dangerous thing, Monsieur. Oh. We could perhaps 
you could perhaps let your, your, let your superiors know, and they could maybe get a word to the king. Uh, yes. Monsajan, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want you to read again what is on this uh, pamphlet. Uh, what is it that this says? Uh, know your place. Perhaps this is good advice. Well, we were tasked to investigate uh, the murder. And if our only suspect is an aristocrat, it is our duty to tell the captain. Uh, oh, that, that, that is fine. If but, the if captain... the cap but if the captain instructs us to go and investigate this, then you will fall in line and you will do exactly that. I do not like to think of the implication of the, the kerchief that you found. It Sergeant, has, um, should, this, should we uh, go, go to their home? The place where they, they sleep? Cool. I uh, don't think you're going to find anything. No? I think that this is the where, because they were printing. We could possibly have... Uh, the captain sends someone to look, but I do not think that that is uh, of any interest to us at this point. And I think we were under orders to wait at this location. Exactly. You know, if there was a party or something going on at Versailles or somewhere else, the home of another aristocrat, it is very likely that if we would observe it, we would see the same carriage and possibly the same man. That would be one way to know who he was. Also, we have seen one route he has taken already. If he went this way, there's a good possibility he might be coming back along the same route. Only if he was coming here again. Yes, I suspect we missed we miss that one, that opportunity. But I think uh, Dupois has a point. Uh, one of the nice things about guard duty is uh, for the people that uh, matter, so to speak, we tend to be pretty invisible. That is true. Well, your, um, your discussions are disturbed um, by um, a, a rising noise outside which uh, sounds very much like the arrival of some horses and the sound of uh, the very familiar sound to your soldiers of men dismounting and uh, just a, a, a murmuring and a, and a shouting and a few moments later uh, the door to the printer's shop opens and uh, Captain Malon arrives um, accompanied by a, a couple more soldiers. And it's, by the sound of it, there are more soldiers still outside. Uh, well, everyone is clearly standing at attention. I follow. I, you know, two-step salute as he uh, enters. He looks, he looks very grim and um, rather tired. And um, there's, a, there's, there's no small talk at all. He, he just walks straight towards you and says, well, Sergeant, what, what have you for me? A murdered family, a headless dog, and uh, what looks like someone trying to suppress uh, revolutionary pamphlets. Uh, I point to the, the printing press. 
this family here was tasked with printing the third estate pamphlets that we've been seeing all over the city. And it looks like someone took offense. Hmm. Do you have any leads? Did you, did, uh, any idea who did this? Uh, I turn and look to uh, Michelle and I beckon him forth. I come forward. Uh, I say, uh, Michelle spoke with uh, a woman outside. I believe she was the landlady upstairs. Uh, he gathered some rather interesting information about a carriage that came through here earlier tonight with uh, a man and a woman. Isn't this right, Michelle? Yeah, uh, she's, I, I'll, I'll let him know that, um, I'll say that she can't really remember the man's face every time she tries to. Um, she goes into some sort of a, uh, some sort of hysterics. Um, sorry, that, my damn cat. Um, I tell him that uh, she did say that there was uh, what seemed to be a, a woman's hand hanging out of the side of the carriage. And um, I believe we found a handkerchief. And I look to you. Uh, you still have it with you? I produce it, uh, and I uh, motion to uh, the, the monogram on the corner, and I hand it to the captain. He, he takes it from you, and he looks at it for a moment, and slowly folds it up and puts it in his breast pocket. And, and you get a very much a sense that the color has drained from his cheeks. When he arrived, he was quite flushed from the effort of riding here. Now he looks quite pale. Um, and he says, look, um, he doesn't say look, he's your commanding officer. He says, uh, you're not to speak of anyone. You're not to speak to anyone of this. Um, on pain of death, you will not discuss this. Um, you will return to your quarters and you will report to me again at Versailles on the fourth day of June, which is the day after tomorrow. Um, there you will present your evidence and give testimony. I simply nod in response. And I uh, look to uh, the troops behind me and to Michelle who's standing beside me. And I say, uh, does everyone understand? Oui, mon sergeant. Mon sergeant. I turn back to he, the captain. He, 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 he nods and takes a couple of steps towards the door. Then he t stops for a moment, turns and looks back at you and says, and for God's sake, make sure they're clean and tidy and then turns again and turns back once more and says, and sober. Particularly I, fixing Dupois with, with his eye at that point. Yes, I, I grimace and mm -hmm. I turn to, uh, to Jean and I, and I say, uh, we Capitan, it will be done. 
And with that, he just ushers the uh, the two men um, accompanying him. One of them opens the door. The other one follows after him. And they leave. Um, the door is left open behind him, which is presumably uh, uh, a hint that it's time to leave the place. Um, he says nothing about securing it. I'm assuming that the soldiers outside will do that for us. Uh, I turn back to the troops um, and say, uh, let us move to the uh, to our quarters now. Uh, and I stomp my foot. We oui, Monsieur And I just waltz out of there. I will not waltz, but march. Bubble, bring the puppy. It is not the puppy, it is Prince, little Prince. The Petit Prince? We. Oui. <laughs> Just as you're leaving, um, there's, there's quite an angry crowd starting to gather outside. These are, these are not like the people who were there when you arrived. The people um, previously looked like they were um, local people from the area, just wondering what was going on. The, these seem to quite be more of an angry mob that's assembling. Um, in fact, you may even, I think, recognize one or two faces from the incident at the bakery earlier in the evening. And um, there are shouts and uh, a general air of discontent. Um, the shouts are coherent enough that you can, you can tell that um, it, it, the, the, the idea seems to have got out that the, uh, the family Raymond were, were killed by an aristo. Um, now there are are there other soldiers here? Yes. All right. As as we exit, and I'm I'm walking behind uh, Sergeant Renault, I I turn immediately to one of the the I'll just say lesser soldiers because I don't know who they are, and I'll say, "Get this mess cleaned up." I give it like an order, and then uh, I follow Sergeant Renault. Okay. Um, just as you're telling the, the, the soldier that, um, you do notice in the corner, I won't make you roll a spot hidden for it because there's only one path in and out of the, the alleyway down the side of the, the shop, but you do notice um, a couple of young men, you know, barely teenagers, probably about 14 or 15, but they look much older because living in this part of the city will do that to you. Um, they they rush out from the alley, um, clutching what appear to be um, several bundles of the uh, the pamphlets, and uh, they're 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 gone be before you, but you know, barely before you've even noticed them. They've they've they've, they've gone. They're just around the corner and they're off. Okay. They've disappeared into into an alleyway somewhere. Well, we are following the sergeant. We have our orders. Yes, we're, we're going to our quarters. That was the direct order from the captain. So uh, I'm going to mount my horse. I expect the others to follow. Um, and we're going to ride to our quarters at the barracks. Okay, well, you have a, a full day um, 
to prepare for your your trip, their chance to to, to sleep and recuperate. Um, and then the journey out to Versailles is 16 kilometers, which is about 10 miles. I have a hard time sleeping. <laughs> I keep seeing that thing in the catacombs. None, none of that for you, Dupois. I make sure to shave and clean up my uniform as best I can. Same here. Yeah, we clean up all this shit off the bottom of our uniforms. <laughs> I'm going to keep an eye on Dupois, make sure he doesn't. I leave my flask at home. <laughs> I clean up, and, and damn, I'm looking good. Yes. Yes, uh, all the other soldiers in the shower are watching you. Ever so stylish, uh, Pressy. <laughs> Do not listen to these, these uh, naysayers. It's important to uh, present your best. You know, Babon, before you lost your hand, <laughs> you didn't talk with your hand nearly as much as you it, talk with it now. It's, it's uh, like a friend that is always with me. It's very strange. Yes, I bet it was a better friend before you lost it. Yes, don't worry, though. I made new friends. <laughs> So did I. <laughs> no. Dupois, we have no time for that. You are a father now. You and what? me, we must care for little prince. Mont-Saint-Jean, what should we do? I know we have our orders. We must go. But there is an aristocrat who we believe has murdered these people. And I think that the captain, he took that handkerchief so that it does not incriminate who I think that it might incriminate. Well, who do you think it might incriminate? The, Austri the Austrian woman, the, the queen of our country, Marie Antoinette. That's the only M.A. that I know. That, of course, could be my hatred of that particular non-French woman being on the throne. Yeah. We're having this discussion in the shower. I look at the phone. Yes, yeah. The safest place. I've got, I've got, uh, we are all equal. There. Well, it's, it's washing it's, himself. It's, well, it's and like the bathhouse. We are all, we are all equal in the shower, except for Christoph, who's a little more equal than the rest of us. <laughs> That's why he's over there and we're over here. And yet he's pointing at all of us. Mm. Well, I can't help but you pay attention every time I drop the soap. Stop dropping the soap. Have they invented soap yet? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So slippery. Soap for a while. Have they invented soap? That's funny. Dupont. <laughs> uh, uh, Our orders are to go to Versailles and to testify what happens after that is out of our hands. And we who knows? Maybe it's a very uh, unique situation. If uh, perhaps the queen is involved, maybe we do get to kill an aristocrat. And hey, you know, that uh, I suspect some of you would be quite excited to have that happen. Oh, Bob. Very least. Is something oh, new. And I, and I, uh, <laughs> and I, and I uh, kind of glare at him. 
Um, Babon. <laughs> you know that the king is not quite the king that we all wish he was. Oh, I am the first to agree with you on that. But, but he has a very hard life. But uh, uh, Madame... Damn, I wish I could remember what I watched the other day. What do they call her? Uh, oh, Madame... Um, like, le, le indifferent or... Uh, le, le infant. Oh, hang on. It's in the thing. <laughs> yeah. Bear with me. Um... What we are suggesting is that she is having an affair with this aristocrat who is murdering people. Madame l'etiquette. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we are simply going to follow the orders that were given. And what happens, happens. No more of this conspiracy with, uh, with Antoinette. There are plenty of MAs. <laughs> In the country of France. Uh. Uh, now scrub under your, uh, scrub behind your ears. And, uh, I can never reach that. Would you help me with that? <laughs> of course, we are French. <laughs> now, little prince, this is how two men wash each other. You it's brought the dog, the, dog <laughs> in the same shower as we are in. If he gets to have his dog, I want to have my food. No, no, no. He does not have a dog and you do not bring drink. All right. I think I'm clean enough. Mm, you're never clean enough, Dupois. Uh, now, Presley, he is clean, but his mind is dirty. Oh, soap won't wash that out. No, but we can put soap in his mouth and maybe that'll clean his mouth. <laughs> That would be amusing. Do you think, uh, Christophe, put, put a little bit of soap in your mouth, scrub it out? Rub oh my goodness, this is going in a direction I did not expect. <laughs> You're going to have to put a... Look, look poor, poor, poor Joseph Eugel is standing there all skinny and covered in soap. <laughs> Let's get to it. What time were we supposed to be there? Day after. Um, yeah, the, the, I think um, the morning. Yeah, time is kind of a funny thing. The, time, the morning. Um, it's all sundials. But you know that um, Aristos are, are not particularly fond of getting up early in the morning. So you wouldn't be arriving there too early. So we'll say around. Nine, three, ten. Well, yes, yeah, probably around ten, eleven-ish. Okay. Um, somewhere um, in that in that in that area between uh, brunch and lunch. Apre brunch is the uh, in question, I believe. My waistcoat—it seems to have a hole in it. How did I get that? Oh, I tuck it in. Um. So we're. Uh, so we'll arrive um, at around 10.30 then, but um, where should we go from there? Should we just wait in the courtyard? Should we go inside? Um, you, are, you are to announce yourself at the gate. There are... Um... There'll be orders probably waiting. All right. Yes. 
So we will approach the gate uh, on our horses. Who is waiting there? Just two guards? Um, the, uh, the, the, well, they're concierges. Their right. primary, their primary duty is, is to check that, um, because the, the, the guard, the, the, um, palace is open to uh, anyone really. Um, even, even in these times, uh, but anyone, anyone can enter as long as they have a sword and a hat, uh, both of which can be hired for a price from the, the concierge at the gate. But um, to give you an, an idea of uh, Versailles, um, it was it was a, a magnificent palace. But um, the king is is um, in financial straits. Um, it was built by his grandfather. Yes. Yes, and uh, there were around um, 10,000 people living and working in the palace. Uh, there's a great many aristocrats who are vying for um, uh, maneuvering to get into uh, the various apartments, um, and the conditions are very crowded for, for everyone except for the royal family. There's very little privacy. There's no indoor plumbing. Uh, there are 350 apartments that are occupied by various um, members of the court, various aristocrats. They're forever, um, as, as different factions go in and out of, of favor, people are forever trading apartments with other people. It's very hard to, to keep track of where people are sometimes. And um, I think to illustrate what Versailles was like at this time, there, there is a quote from uh, Horace Walpole, great Gothic novelist, who wrote, um, Versailles was a vast cesspool, re reeking of filth and befouled with ordure. The odor of smoke clung to clothes, wigs, and even undergarments. Worst of all, beggars, servants, and aristocratic visitors alike used the stairs, the corridors, any out-of-the-way place to relieve themselves. So, um, there, there are the, the, the places where the, the, the royal family frequent are what we would now describe as shabby chic. Now they, they were once very opulent, but the, the, the paint is peeling. There isn't the money for, for the upkeep, but they try as best they can in the royal areas. The further you get from the, the, uh, the royal family's direct sphere of influence, the more shabby the palace becomes. And um, so when we see pictures of it now, it's been restored. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, it's not still used as a pissoir. Well, I tell the, the troops as we approach uh, no peeing in the stairwell. Hold it until we leave. Do not worry. Prince has been left behind. Has no one else seen History of the World Park? <laughs> yes. Piss bucket? Piss bucket? <laughs> We we. All right. Um, so you are you are greeted by the uh, the concierge at the gate, and um, 
I mean, he did. He 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 notes that you are you are soldiers of the royal army. You have swords. You have hats. As far as you're concerned, you can go in. Okay, so I I guess I don't need if I, if I don't need to say anything, I just hold my hand up and just you know walk by. Well, I mean, you don't know where you're going, but you, <laughs> you can go in. All right. Well, then I will stop and I will say, my name is Sergeant Renault. These are my troops. We are here to testify uh, in front of. Uh, who are we? Did he say who we're testing testifying in front of? Are we testifying in front of just like the courts? Are we testifying in front of the king and queen? Who are we testifying in front of? All you know is that you're here to see Captain Malone. We are just here to see Captain Malone. We're here to testify under his behalf. Oh, um, moment. And he, uh, he consults his um, his uh, well. It's not even really a book. It's more of a, a sheath of papers. He, he leaves leaves through and says, uh, "We we um, you're here to see um, Doctor Rigaud." And he gives you uh, a number. Hundred and fifty-three. Hundred and fifty-three. All right. Apartment uh, one hundred and fifty-three is uh, Doctor Rigaud's uh, apartment. All right. And um, he gives you a rough set of directions. All right. Uh, and, um, I mean, once once you're through the gates, you know, it's a bit of a pong lingering here and there, but it's um, it's really rather beautiful. Especially compared to uh, to Paris, the uh, the lawns are, are perfectly clipped, and there are, there are incredible gardens stretching out in all directions. It's a clear, beautiful summer's day, and these these wonderfully dressed ladies and gentlemen are promenading around, taking the air. Um, and very well attired servants are um, standing by gazebos with tables heaped with fruit and cheeses and cakes and wine. You wouldn't believe that there was uh, poverty and privation in the city to, to see such things. And, um, you can even hear the, the, the sound of a, a small orchestra playing nearby. As you walk through these gardens, um, you uh, come to one of the, uh, the, the, the long sweeping driveways that leads uh, leads up to the, uh, the palace itself, the palace proper. And uh, at this point, I would like you all to make a spot hidden. I nope. found. Nope. I got a 19. Failed. I'm staring straight ahead. Failed. Same here. Hard Failed. success. So I got a 19, which is a hard. Okay, and... Uh, Rigel got a a hard success as well. Yeah, it's not quite a um oh. no. No, I felt. Did someone else get a hard success as well? Ah oh, right, sorry, I've I've got the um I've got a PDF file up in front of the screen so I can't <laughs> see who's talking. I've got to move <laughs> that to the side. There we are. Um okay, well for the two of you who made um 
a successful spot hidden rule. Um, there are a number of rather extravagant looking carriages uh, parked along this sweeping driveway. Some of them have the horses tethered and are obviously waiting to, to leave or are waiting to have the horses removed. Um, but among them is uh, a very, uh, very opulent looking lacquered white coach with a red trim. And um, standing beside it is, is a rather angry looking manservant um, holding a whip. There are a number of other servants passing backwards and forth through the area. Miss um, Compagnons, uh, everyone, over there, look at, uh, look at that. Uh, anything uh, look familiar? Babon, that is not any of our business anymore. Well, but if we're, if we're testifying, then it may actually be our business. Uh, you know, somehow testifying got stuck in here somewhere. Now we were just going to see the captain. No, he said we're testifying. He did. I remember. Testifying about what? About what we found. Uh, I don't, about he told us never to speak of it again. To anybody before we approach. Oh. Yeah, we're going to testify. That's why we're at Versailles. <laughs> the reason why we're here. Um, I say um, to the troops, keeping my head forward as I'm looking for this apartment, um, if you believe it is pertinent to uh, the investigation, then bring it up. But once you brought it up, you brought it up. I will not be uh, taking the fall for any of you if you say something foolish. What, should, what do you consider foolish? Saying something that gets us all in trouble. Um, I have an idea. You're going to have to be a bit more, uh, you know, you have to explain that a bit more. I mean, are we not telling the truth here? Or are we going to perjure ourselves? No. Well, well man, I, I think we should be uh, very cautious about drawing our own conclusions. Perhaps we should just let them deal with the evidence we were asked to gather instead of additional investigation we do on our own could show that maybe we were biased. I, I see. I, I wasn't even, uh, I didn't even think of uh, even mentioning that uh, in the court. I was just going to present what we found at the scene and that's it. Um, let me ask the GM a question. Mm -hmm. um, Varsailles is huge, yes? Yes. Um, so we're walking outside. We're probably, what, heading towards the main building, would you say? Yes. Okay. It's going to take us a couple of minutes to cross the courtyards and the gardens and everything. Oh, like that. very much so. Okay. Um, and if everyone agrees that we've all worked together before and we're, we're, we follow orders, but we go above and beyond what the orders tell us. And we, we're still going to investigate, even though we've been told to drop it completely. I will say to uh, Eugène, 
I, I will just turn to him and give him an order. Go over and talk to that servant and find out who his master is and then come and rejoin us before we get to the building over there. Yes, sir. So I'm going to walk up towards the carriage and the man holding the whip, mm-hmm. approaching him and just tell good day um, and see, I want to see his reaction when I approach. Um, he, as you, as you approach the carriage, he makes a very, um, angry glare at you. So I'll just walk up to him and I'll say, um, good morning, sir. I would, uh, what is your name and uh, who is your master? Fuck off. Really? Okay. I just turn and walk away. I'm not going to even antagonize him. There's no answers to be had there. It's only trouble. Yeah, as, you, as you're walking off, um, another servant who's uh, who's passing as leans towards you and says, uh, "No, you shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't try talking to that one." Who? Um, who? Do you know who he is? He is uh, the coachman for one of the uh, one of the Aristos. Do you know uh, what aristocrat it is? Do you just happen to know the name? No, we, we, um, it's the, uh, the German, the, um, Comte de Fenelic. Hmm, all right. And, uh, what's your name? My name is, uh, Marcel. Marcel. Thank you, Marcel. Um, thank uh, you, Brian. Do you know anything about him, actually? Keeper of the King's Vases. Oh, excellent, excellent. Um, do you know anything else about this Fenelic or like you said to keep away? I mean, obviously there must be a reputation. Is there anything you could tell me? I, I, I know that he, he, he beats his servants. I mean, they all beat their servants. But, um, I jingle a couple coins and shake his hand with it. Something small, not, you know, something I have in my pocket. I, I hear that he, he beats his servants very badly. And one of the one of the uh, stable boys told me that um, he heard that uh, one of the comp's uh, servants, a young boy, very handsome young boy, and uh, a woman who was dining with the comp uh, was heard to remark at how handsome this young servant boy was, and the comp, uh, without even trying to disguise the fact just jogged the boy's hand when he served him and had him beaten for it. And a few days later, the boy died. Wow. And does he live at Versailles? No, no, he lives somewhere to the the west, I think. Thank you very much. I'll probably at some point now yell out, Usual, you're taking too long. <laughs> and I, I, I jog back over to the group and I relay the information that uh, that I was given. Come to Fenelik. German. Never heard, Never heard of him. He doesn't live in Versailles, but a uh, very, very wicked man. And I tell them the details, the rest of the details. Okay. Um... Uh, 
Pressy. Make an intelligence roll for me, please. I failed. I rolled a 64 out of 50. Oh, that's, that's unfortunate. Okay, not to mind. Though. It was a minor thing. Okay. Um, okay. Um, judging by the directions you were given by the concierge, it's, it's quite a long way away. Um, the palace itself is very large, the surrounding area. I mean, Versailles is virtually a town in its own right. It's, it's quite large. There's a lot of it. Great many gardens and other buildings and the palace itself. Um, as you're processing through the palace, um, you, you become aware that there is um, an almost constant um, uh, chatter. The passing um, aristocrats all seem to be looking, um, going to great extents to, to look as, as, um, as thoughtful as they possibly can. But they talk to each other very quietly very much aware that there are servants and eavesdroppers everywhere. And um, I think I'd like some listen rolls, but you will need at least a hard. 53. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I barely passed. Ooh, I got a four. I got a, I got a hard. So I got an extreme. Okay, well, um, Beaumont, um, you're walking past um, a middle-aged couple. And um, they're walking quite slowly in front of you. Irritatingly slowly, in, in, in fact. You've had to slow down to... Uh, slow your pace down to, to, to cater for the fact that they're in your way. Um, but as a consequence of this, you do overhear uh, a little of their conversation, which seems to uh, relate to uh, Louis-Joseph de France, the, uh, the, the seven-year-old Dauphin, the, uh, the, 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 heir, the heir to the throne. Um, it appears that he is um, terribly, terribly ill mm. with consumption. Mm. Um, and they're saying, well, look, it, it, it's an awful thing, but um, he was always a very sick child. I, I don't think he was ever going to live long enough to be, be the monarch. But uh, they're discussing how he was, he was sent to Paris months ago. And the, and the woman says, well, he, they should have sent him out to the countryside because sending him to the city, if he's, if he's, if he's like that, that's a, that's a death sentence. They should have sent him out into the, into the fresh air. But uh, they won't listen. They won't listen. And then they drift off down a side corridor. Um, Pressy. Uh, do you catch a few 
fragments of conversation here and there. The general consensus is that uh, the monarchy is in terrible trouble. Um, that the king is broke. He's financially ruined. That's um, probably Maurice spending all the money. He's he's been calling and trying to call in favors from some of the big banking houses, and none of them are interested in helping him. Hmm. And uh, you know the, the 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 general consensus seems to be that uh, he he is uh, just just one crisis away from losing control completely. No, he doesn't seem to have a clue what he's doing, and uh, his behavior his behavior has become quite. Um, unpredictable of late he seems quite emotional exhausted strained to breaking point uh, I'm definitely share that with the rest of the group that you know it really seems as though the the general rumors have heated up about the the king's incompetence and the, the queen basically spoiling all the money of the country uh, I've heard of rooms gilded in gold and studded with diamonds and perhaps uh, there was one room too many because uh, things are getting really raw around here. Well, well there's also there's also a great deal of, of, of talk. I mean the mo most of the people that you overhear are, are specifically talking about the fact that the, 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 the common people, the third estate, are, are, are holding their meetings about recognition and uh, they want a parliament independent of the church and the crown. And then soon they will petition the king. Which uh, is, is giving great cause for concern to the aristocrats who um, are very much aware of what's going on in the country in that respect. They, they know that they're in trouble. Yeah, the... Uh, uh, it... it, it uh, it makes me nervous to think of it, but perhaps this third estate will rise up. And uh, I don't think the aristocrats, though, would want to let loose of all this food and music and, and luxury very easily. I, I, I say, I mean, more in a, in a whispered tone that they need to look at all this wealth and, and you have people in the streets uh, starting riots over trying to get uh, a loaf of bread, a stale loaf of bread at that. And look at all this, and a lot of this is probably going to go to waste. And the third estate pays a hundred percent of the taxes. So, and then with that revolution across the pond, that that's where all the money got dumped from our country. So, I could see why people are riled up. They're getting ideas from across the pond. Yes, we were losing money from the what was the previous war the. Six Years' War, Eight-Year War, what's it called? And then the American Revolution, we helped them out. And now we are bankrupt. Quiet, all of you. We are in the middle of Versailles. Do you not see? Keep your discussions on the Third Estate to yourselves when we are out of here. Well, I'm, we're not saying that we support or support this. We're just stating that this is probably the reason why people are revolting. Your commanding officer told you to shut up. Shut up, Beaumont. I look at you, and I, I give you that look like, okay, the next time you ask for my flask, you're going to be denied, my friend. 
<laughs> and I packed my uh, my jacket, and I remembered I left left my flask at home. So, yeah. Dupois hoisted on his own petard. So uh, we continue. How you, uh, you continue, and um, your your path takes you. Uh, um, much, much closer to where you're going. Between uh, where you are and where you're supposed to be, there's um, there's pretty much just one long gallery, um, which seems to be um, quite busy, really. There are rather a lot of um, aristocrats in there. Um, there's a there's a small um, quintet playing in the room. Some people are dancing. There are a lot of people sitting around the edges of the room just chattering, which which surprises you given the, the hour of the day. Um, the, the idea of people uh, dancing and attending parties during during the daytime seems uh, uh, foreign to you, somehow strangely alien. Um, you have no idea that people will buy people really live like this. They're drinking wine, they're laughing, they're chatting. Um, and then, in in the midst of all this, um, one of you sees something rather magnificent, pressing across the room, some distance away. You can see Melody Benoit. Oh, the, me. the object of your adoration. Her golden hair is shining in the sun as she walks with her arm upon her father's. Um, and she looks briefly, just for a moment, at you with a, 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 a secretive but longing glance um, before immediately looking away. Um, you, you know, there's the, 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 you can't possibly talk to her. She's with her father. Um, Rick. and it would be disastrous for you to even acknowledge her publicly. Um, and she is carried away by her father, um, into the company of, uh, several giggling middle-aged women who sit on the far side of the room. My heart is racing. Now, as, as you walk through the room, all of you, as you walk through the room, there are, there are um, women of a certain age, quite elderly women in some cases, who are, who are openly flirtatious with, with you just purely because you're wearing a soldier's uniform. Because, you know, it's, that's really all it takes sometimes. <laughs> a situation like this, you are not of the usual and 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 anything that breaks the monotony is uh <laughs> christoph i'm sorry ladies we are on business perhaps some other time however i was going to say christoph there's no need to salute <laughs> <laughs> <Sho-wang>. <laughs> i think he is a little overly focused Perhaps uh, not seeing uh, the forest around him. 
A little too focused on a single tree, perhaps? Yes, uh, women are lovely things until they die. <laughs> well, I must, must keep the, uh, must keep my, my iron honed until I can strike at my true target. Keep your iron in your pants. Are we there yet? <laughs> I do not know. To We've been here for I... seven hours. <laughs> it's a big place to fly. I've been walking. <laughs> been walking for about three quarters of an hour. It's a, it's a huge place. End so of all the places. You had to walk <laughs> through some gardens up a large driveway. The gardens themselves are enormous. So it's, it's taken you quite some time. Um, but you do eventually end up at um, a door bearing uh, whatever the number I made up earlier on was. 153. 153 was the number I said. It's seared in my memory, as you can tell. Um, There is the door in front of you. I give three large wraps and then stand at attention. Arms behind my back. Uh, the, the, The door is opened by Captain Malon, who immediately says, Why have you brought me these three large rats? Oh, no, I thought it was quite funny. Um, no. Without, without a word, he just ushers you into a drawing room. All right. Where uh, Dr. Rigaud, who you obviously you were attending at the, uh, at the catacombs, looking uh, somewhat better presented than he was when you were working with him. Dr. Rigaud? He's waiting in the room. Um, but I mean, he's still, he still, lo- he looks, he looks uh, clean. His makeup is, um, is well, is well applied. Um, his, uh, his wig is well tended. His clothes are clean, but um, at the same time, he still has that, that feverish, exhausted look in his eyes, like a man who's really on, on the edge of collapse. Uh, he he is. When you see him in daylight, it becomes more apparent than before that this is a man who is is, is genuinely working himself to death. Also, oh, he's he's not necessarily sick. He's exhausted. It's fatigue. It's difficult for you to tell. Okay. It might be, um, it might be illness. It might be. Um, he looks feverish. Also, in this day and age, it's easy for the one to turn into the other. Mm. Yes. <clears throat> So, regardless, I am going to uh, bow to him. He is, of course, above me. Um, I say, uh, Doctor, it is nice for you. Uh, it, it is nice to see you again under better conditions. Versailles is much better than the catacombs. He, um, he says, yes, yes, can we... It's, yes, it's good to see you. Yes, can can we um, can we get on with the matter in hand, please? And he uh, he pours himself a brandy and and slumps to a chair, not arrogantly, but just because he just seems to just lack the strength to lower himself gracefully into the chair. Yeah, I don't take any offense to his um, his his short answers. He's he's exhausted. I get it. Um, I turn to alone and. Uh, 
and kind of uh, give him a, a nod as if uh, to acknowledge that whenever he's to start, I'm, I'm ready. So are there men. He gestures. Uh, Dr. Rigaud, uh, my men and I were tasked with going to uh, the printmakers uh, where we uncovered four bodies that were gutted like pigs strung up from the rafters. Uh, this family, the printing press, it was filled with uh, pamphlets regarding the third estate. Uh, on said presses, someone had taken uh, their blood and stamped Know Your Place onto them. Uh, Michelle, behind me, he spoke with uh, the landlady outside who said that she saw a carriage. Uh, the carriage was white in color and it uh, had a man inside. Though she could not describe the man, she describes him as wealthy, possibly an aristocrat. Uh, there was as also... You, as, you, as you say this, you, uh, you see both, both of the men's eyes rise when you mention the carriage and an, arist and an aristocrat. And they... Now, they Malong glances briefly at uh, Rigaud, and, and Rigaud just looks down and swirls his brandy a little before looking back up at you. Please, please, go on. Now, uh, Doctor, I don't want you to assume that, uh, that the woman was in, in any fair state of mind. She couldn't recognize the man that she saw. It's uh, possible that she was in hysterics, period, end. Her mind was uh, clearly weak. But uh, she claims that she saw um, a white carriage, a man, and there was a woman inside. She says that this woman looked dead. A handkerchief was dropped um, outside of the carriage before it took off. Uh, Malone, he has... Uh, said handkerchief with him, if you have not seen it already. Uh, we were just instructed to go there, secure the scene. We have, and this is all the information I have for you. And uh, at this point, Malone sucks his lip. Answers. Um, of course, there was something else they found, and he reaches into his breast pocket and pulls out the handkerchief, which he hands to Rigaud. As Rigaud takes it, he he looks away, and uh, the doctor unfolds it and looks at the monogram. And after a moment, he says, um, well, I think it's clear that uh, this man represents a, a, a grave threat to the crown, particularly at a time like this. There is so much chaos fermenting in the city. 
I should take this to the lady concerned at the first opportunity in the hope that she might withdraw support for him. And uh, Malon glances at you, at all of you, and then very much conscious of his surroundings and very guarded, says to Rigaud, um, you, you really think he can be undermined? And Rigaud says, well, I, 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 I can but try. I mean, we, we have tried for so long, but perhaps now is the, and he's cut short by a scream ringing through the palace from outside, not just one person, but a number of people screaming. Female um, screams? Oh, yes, yes. A great many female screams, five or six different women screaming. And, and, and a rising um, uh, a, a rising confabulation. There, there is very much an uproar outside. Do you want me to check? Just you check. I put my hand on my saber and I say, uh, troops with me and uh, we're going to go outside. We're going to figure out what this is. I need to keep the peace here. All right. I jump to accompany him. Yeah, I follow, follow in suit. Back out in the in the in the gallery, there is um, an incredible commotion is breaking out. There are um, women are fainting. Um, uh, some of them with looks of of, of, of true uh, of true sorrow and horror on their faces. Um, others. Others not so skilled uh, actresses are um, perhaps a little bit obvious in pretending to faint because perhaps they think they should. Um, there are gentlemen catching them. So again, some out, out of uh, honest chivalry, others because it's a chance to grab a young woman. So um, we do get at least in part of an impression that that this is all fake. I mean, something is happening. There, there are there are servants uh, running around in a flap. There are uh, people um, dabbing their their faces with handkerchiefs. Oh, um, there are women uh, crying. Lots of women crying, um, both um, aristocrats and and servant women. Well, so shame. Someone has died. Um, I'm going to uh, order the troops to uh, clear the crowd so that we can, me and Dupac can make our way through just so that we can see what's happened because if we need to clear the people out of here for their own sensibility's sake, which we should. Is this happening everywhere or in a, in a group? The the, the 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 gallery, as as I said, was 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 full of aristocrats. And this, this, this pandemonium is occurring in in this in the gallery where all the aristocrats are, but it is definitely spread to the um, to the, the uh, servants as well. 
The Delfama Sergeant. I'm going to draw my pistol and turn it around and just wrap the butt of it against my wooden hand and uh, just begin shouting, Order! Order! Um, yeah, I, I do want people to know that soldiers are here to take care of this and protect them. So that was, you know, that's a good idea. Oh, I, as, as, soon, I, as soon as Bavan does that, an elderly woman... Um, uh, shakes her, her handkerchief at you and, and, and just cries out, have you no shame? What has happened, mother? Is it not obvious? The Dauphin, the Dauphin is, is dead. dead. Whatever we would do when we, you know, in respect, do we take our hats off? Do we, I don't know what, that's what we do. Bow my head, hat off. You you stand there for a moment, just amidst this chaos, this um, outpouring of grief. Some very genuine, um, much of it overacted false people seem people are, are mourning because they think they should be seen to do so in many cases everybody wants attention then something very odd starts to happen you become aware that about halfway down the galley gallery There are a number of people who seem to have just stopped. They're crying and gesticulating and, and overacting. And are now standing quietly, looking down at their feet. And this, this phenomenon seems to spread through the crowd. In fact, it seems to be spreading towards you. And it doesn't seem to be born out of any sense of, of, of um, any, that, that there's a look of, not fear exactly, but um, discomfort on, on one or two of the faces you can see in the crowd. Until a man, tall, dressed impeccably, his wig perfectly atop his head, um, the, the, the buckles on his shoes shining brightly, his clothes of the finest fabrics, emerges from the crowd. He has on his face a, a, a very stern, very hard expression with just the slightest hint of satisfaction. And at this point, I need one of you to remind me, who was it among you who saw 
the occupant of the carriage when you were working at the catacombs? It was either Michelle or Babon. That's what my memory says. I think it was Michelle. I want to say it was Michelle. He was with the soldiers at the time. Or with, oh, with yeah. the uh, the workers, rather. I was in well, the that's community. right, yes. Yeah. So it would be uh, Bavan. Okay. Me, yeah. in, in that case, it is you. We will say that it was you. Um, this man fixes you. He locks his eyes with you and fixes you with a very intense and uncomfortable gaze. Could you make a power roll for me, please? I make a hard success. What did you get? Uh, 24 out of 70. Okay. His, his eyes narrow. And he, he looks first at you, then at the other men, and then back at you again. And a slightly quizzical expression plays across his face for a moment. I stare back at him and give him a slight nod. And then, and this really surprises you because this this is not the sort of thing an aristocrat would do by any means. He walks right up to you and says, do I know you? Have we met? You, you seem familiar. I am afraid not, sir. Uh, I am but a... Uh... Humble Sapur in the uh, King's service. Uh, perhaps uh, if you uh, wish to speak to our sergeant, uh, he can uh, be of more use to you. Are you sure we haven't met? I am fairly sure. You uh, are quite a uh, well-dressed man. You comport yourself very well, uh, Monsieur, and uh, I, I can only presume I would remember you. There's something, there's something very unpleasant about this man. You can't put your finger on it, but something, even the way he just asked you if you knew him, if you'd met him it didn't sound like an inquiry it sounded more like a threat and um, could you make a psychology role for me please just, just by one yeah 23 out of 40. I actually made it. Okay. Um, 
the way he moves, he, he doesn't, he doesn't move like the other aristocrats. The other aristocrats seem to be um, uh, very emotional. They're always flapping their arms around, flapping their hands about, making grandiose gestures. He seems more measured, more deliberate. So for it's him, such a shame, he says about the boy. Consumption, so sad. There's no emotion in his voice. I will comfort the queen personally. Did I hear correctly that uh, the court physician, Dr. Rigaud, has been exhuming graveyards? Well, uh, I do not know the specifics, but uh, he is definitely a... Uh... It would be a tragedy, an uncomfortable lapse, mm -hmm. or could it not, if uh, the doctor had infected the boy. I am no doctor myself. And then, as it, even <laughs> as you're replying, he just walks off. <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> well, gentlemen, that's uh, quite an interesting experience. Uh, I'm not sure that I like Versailles. Yeah, I don't like anything about them either. Did we, did we, like, as they were talking, did we get this uneasy feeling as well? Just oh, being... very much so. Yeah. There was, there was, there was a, a horribly, a very subtle, but a horribly sinister undertone to everything he said. Hmm. As though, um, there was some kind of subtext of which you weren't entirely um, uh, of which you weren't entirely aware. Um, some some threat on a on a level you didn't entirely understand. Like he was like a you, you were reminded very much of a like he was playing with you. But you, like he was a predator. Very much, yes. Gentlemen. Yes, there was something almost wolfish about the man. Remember, gentlemen, everything here has ears. Everything. I, su I suggest we speak about this back at the barracks. Well, were we finished with uh, Malon? Captain Malon? Um, we left rather abruptly. Well, Mello, you assume they're still waiting for you in the in the room. If there is nothing uh, but weeping and sorrow because of a boy's death, then we should return back to them and finish our meeting, and then we should uh, get our orders and return to where they need to send us. We, oui, Monsieur As you return, uh, Malon and Fabrigo. Uh, are um are still in conversation. Uh, Malone 
uh, is speaking as you come in, and he says, um, I, I fear it is no longer possible. We've waited too long. I mean, I, I thought I thought your plan could work, but but now now we need hard evidence. If we if we cannot link him directly to the murder of the printers, or to some other crime, so that he can be prosecuted openly and discredited in public, then we have no hope of finishing him at all. Um, you men, I need you oui. to to reconnoitre uh, a mansion at Poissy. It belongs to, uh, well, you have seen the beast. Beast. It belongs to the Comte de Fenelic. <clears throat> um, you must infiltrate the grounds of his mansion. You must not be seen or raise any suspicions. The Count himself must be avoided at all costs. The man is dangerous and we, we, we cannot risk alerting him. I need you to ascertain where evidence of his crimes might be found and seized. We need enough information to stage a raid of his mansion and, and capture him to take him. We need to be able to put his guilt before him and bring the force of law to bear. I will prepare letters for you. Letters of authority. They will allow you to requisition horses and uh, such supplies that you deem necessary within reason. But you must act quickly, and this matter must be brought to a close. Time is against us now. This this man, this 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 worm, has burrowed into the heart of our society. He has burrowed into the royal family, and I fear now, with the death of the Dauphin, he will cement his grip on the queen. And so his influence on the king. Um, we, we, there, there is, there is little time to act. We, we are in such, we are in such a terrible position now. We are on the edge of a precipice. And I fear this man may be the force that tips us over. Capitan, you called him a beast. Is he really that dangerous? I do not know. We we have we know so little of him, but from what little we have seen, he is he is intent on. I, I think I think he aims to to rule the country. I think his aim is is to uh, is is to belittle and humiliate the king. To, to, to take his power away from him, to be the power behind the throne already, that the, the, the queen virtually worships the man. And with the king in his current state, no, I cannot say. 
of me to say more, but he must be stopped. That is all you need to know. We'll do what we can. It is not. It's not my business to reason with you. You, you, you have a mission. If I may speak out of turn, uh, Doctor, I believe he uh, intends to do you harm in the very near future. We uh, we met him moments ago in the uh, hall, and. Uh, I see what you mean by his menace, but perhaps could you give us more specifics as to what crimes we should be looking for? Well, we we suspect he was behind the deaths of the printers. Uh, perhaps not himself, perhaps he, he sent his man to do it, but he was certainly involved. That, that, that little is clear. But there have been other incidents. Always that carriage seen nearby. Little things, accidents. No, this, this, this man is, is a menace. He, he must be dealt with. If you can find anything, then then that will be of great help to us. Otherwise, I, I despair. I, I, I can think of no other course of action. You see, this is this is not this is not the streets of Paris. There are there are ways of doing things here. One cannot simply confront the man. Everything has to be done in its way. Standards must be maintained, even when dealing with a man like that. A man who has no no background that I can tell, no breeding I know of. Yet somehow he stands here claiming to be a count. If he does not have uh, blood of the aristocrat, then he does not deserve to be an aristocrat. He has the ear of the queen. And in a time like this, that's all a man needs. To, quest, to question him would be to question the queen, and so to question the king, it would be, it would be ill-considered. And men are the best in France, and we will do our best to put a stop to this man. Is there anything else that you need of us? Uh... Wait without in the in the in the, in the hall. I will, uh, I will sign these letters for you. Of course, men. And I round up the men, and I point to the hall. I miss you. And as as the door closes, you you hear him speaking once more to to Rigo. and he says. Um, are you sure there is no other way that we can, and at that point the door shuts behind you? Well, it seems that this is, uh, that uh, getting this aristocrat out of the way is the will of not only the monarchy, but the entire country. I will not let France be ruled by a German. 
Sajon, we need to get to some place privately where we were not being heard by anyone. And I hold my hand up to Paul and uh, we wait. Okay. Um, could Pressy make a spot hidden roll, please? Hard success, 29 of 65. This is your moment. You've seen Melody and she is alone. Her father is elsewhere. Not even I, in sight. Uh, uh, I will be right back, Sergeant. Where do you think you're going? Uh, to to uh, uh, to speak to someone that I know here. You do not know anyone here. Uh, I do. Uh, I... The young lady over there, and I and I, I kind of nod in her direction. Oh. The best of luck, my young friend. I'm gonna do something really quick. Right. I kind of squint my eyes at you, and I say. Two minutes, go. Do not embarrass us, Percy. Wait. So I quickly, but not running, make my way over to where she is. She looks um, overjoyed to see you, but nervous, worried that her father might come back. And she's constantly looking over her shoulder to make sure that she isn't being seen. Melody, it is so wonderful to see you. Uh, uh, I, I understand we must be brief. Yes, yes, we must. My father could return at any moment. How, how have you been? I, I am well, and you? Uh, well, well, uh, getting into some dirty business here, but, uh, but, but well, just so incredibly happy to see you, Mon Petit Chou. Uh, do, do you know of any time that we may be able to uh, get together in the future? I, I, I do not. My, since the, the, the death of the Dauphin, my father wants us to go to the countryside for a while. To the countryside. Uh, is this one of the, the family homes or yes. is this to another family's dwellings? Oh, this, this, is, this is to a, a, small, a small place we have in the country. Small place. Uh, have, I, have I heard of this before? We should, we should live simply. Oh, he, yes, you, you, you're familiar with it. You've never been there, but you're familiar. Oh. Okay. It's, um, it's not far outside the city. Well, it's probably well that you, that you get out of the city. Things here seem very uh, dangerous right now. Yes, yes, all, all is chaos. We must be so careful. Um, oh, please, please be careful. Don't... Um, I do worry about you. As, as a soldier's life is not a safe one. It can be. It can be brutish and awful and short. Yes, I I, I agree. It's not at all like when I was a, a man of the cloth. Uh, but this is only a temporary thing, and it's something I must do in order to uh, achieve my status. So yes, yes, of uh, course. And she she looks around nervously again. Yes, yes, um, I must I, I must be going. Uh, but uh, I do love you dearly, and uh, we will speak again soon. And, and with, with that, um, just as you leave, she, um, she gives you the briefest of kisses, 
on the cheek and 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 floats off after her after her father and for that moment for that brief instant the sun shines yeah, yeah. she makes even, it even though we haven't done the full 2 hours i think we might just end there <laughs> that would be a really great point to end the game we are all very disciplined but inside we're going yeah <laughs> he got first base <laughs> he got that did you want to stop it there did I think I'd like to yes actually, right. yeah. that's a good spot to stop because, very, um, very good episode. well I mean we'll, we'll assume that you've you've been given the 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 letters and you and you are leaving Versailles all right everything's coming up Christoph your point during <laughs> session all right well, uh, our players included Thomas McKeon, Wayne Worthy, Fred Carter, uh, Luke Strom, uh, Jason Melnichok, and myself with Nick Swan as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments we like reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh.